This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 125, our 2023 year-end wrap-up discussion and news and events from the world of ANSYS. Hey there, welcome to our little podcast and to the month of December. My name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the owners here at PADT. And, uh, you know, this has been another one of those years that came and went before I had a chance to get my head around it. I'm actually recording this from the Hampton Inn and Suites at the Denver Tech Center um, in uh, uh, just outside of downtown Denver. I was in town for our holiday dinner for our, our folks that work out of the Denver office and um, getting this recorded before I take a plane back to Phoenix. So apologize for the audio a little bit. I'm just using the uh, microphone on my laptop. So I don't travel with a podcasting uh, mic yet. So this is episode 125 and also our annual wrap-up show where our tech support team talks about the year in review. It's been a while since we did an update on podcast statistics, so let's start there. After we took a break for the second half of 2022, leadership is still going strong with 42,400 downloads or 342 per episode. Our most popular episode is still our interview with John Swanson, the founder of ANSYS. If you have not listened to that yet, we recommend you go back and download episode 35. He is fantastic. Um, you know, if you're an ANSYS user, you have to listen to that podcast. It's just, it's wonderful. Our most popular newer episode from 2022 was What's New with Mechanical Meshing, ANSYS 2022 R1 with 567 downloads. In fact, meshing continues to be the most popular topic for mechanical and fluid simulation. So whenever we talk about that, we get a lot of listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, all we ask is you subscribe and recommend it to others. So before we get to the interview, I'd like to express my heartfelt thanks to our partners at ANSYS and our ANSYS customers. Uh, it's the end of the year, and it's really fun uh, and intellectually satisfying to do what we do for a living. And we're so fortunate to have spent another year as part of this wonderful world of all things ANSYS. So this year, uh, we actually had 11 of our ANSYS and Flonex support engineers join us for our roundtable discussion. Um, it was a fun chat, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. All right. I want to welcome everybody to our uh, kind of annual event, which is uh, end of year discussion about what went on in the world of ANSYS over the past year. So believe it or not, 2023 is coming to an end. I know that everybody, uh, you know, at least most people are surprised at how quickly that happened. I know I am. But uh, here we are and a, and a lot happened in ANSYS. And this is our, our turn to kind of look back and think about uh, how it impacts us and things like that. So um, before we get started into what people think, I'm going to go ahead, since we're virtual, I'm going to go ahead and call on you. And you can just tell us very quickly, you know, your name, what you do for PADT, kind of your area of expertise. So we'll go ahead and start with Miles. Hey, uh, my name is Miles Adkins. I'm a, uh, I work in simulation support, uh, kind of uh, application engineering and and uh, providing tech support as well. Um, primarily working with uh, thermal fluid systems and then doing uh, analysis around that. Cool. Very good. And Chris Satini? Hey, uh, I'm Chris Satani. Uh, I also work uh, in uh, thermal fluid systems, uh, primarily uh, provide support for uh, Flonex and uh, some thermal desktop support. Cool. And although this is all things ANSYS, we do like to talk about Flonex here. So it's really good. Uh, Alex. Hello there. This is Alex Moody. I'm an application engineer as well. I cover kind of the high frequency electronics. So tools like HFSS, SI wave, anything with high frequency electronics, RF. Cool. And Robert McCatherine. Hi, I'm Rob. I work on the mechanical AE side. I'm handling most of ANSYS Mechanical, ANSYS Discovery, and I also work with uh, ANSYS Granta Materials products. Very cool. And Christian Crowley? Hey there. Just like Rob, I'm a mechanical AE, so mostly working on the structure side. Uh, I specialize a little bit in the scripting and the Python applications of mechanical as well. Very good. Excellent. And Josh? Hey, I'm Josh Stout, and I'm another application engineer in the support group. Um, I'm a systems engineer here, but I cover kind of the not electronic side of electronics, so reliability <laughs> and thermal and mechanical, and then our workflow technologies uh, for optimization. Very cool. Joe. 
I'm Joe Woodward, uh, Chief Engineer on our simulation support side. I specialize in uh, Python programming, structural meshing, uh, mostly on the mechanic side. Great. Ahmed. Hey, uh, my name is Ahmed Bayad. I work for, for simulation support as well. I do mostly IT licensing and HPC stuff. And Doug? Sorry, I walked away from the phone for a quick <laughs> second. You weren't going in any order that I could. No, no, I'm going so on the order. It's on my screen. I should have said it's going on the order on my screen, which is it seems to be random. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm Doug Artis. My, uh, I'm a old school, I guess now, um, uh, mechanical. I'm a mechanical APDL user on the pre-sales application. Uh, I'm the pre-sales. What am I? I'm the pre-sales engineering manager. There we go. There we go. Very good. We We did it. And and what's nice is um, we ended up with Ted at the end here. Okay, so I'm Ted Harris. I'm the director of our simulation support team here at PADT. Longtime ANSYS user with background primarily in structural and thermal stuff. Very good. Excellent. Well, thanks for that, all the introduction. I hope our listeners get a little bit of an idea of how diverse our coverage is. Uh, and that's not everybody on the call. We've got folks covering optics and and uh, other CFD things and all sorts of stuff that weren't able to make it today. But uh, so big, big variety. Um, this is just a fraction of the team. But uh, know that here at PDT, we've got everything covered. So um, the point of this discussion is really talk about what we're excited about from 2023. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll kind of just kind of throw it out there for whoever wants to go first. What was the most exciting thing that you saw um, this year in the in the world of ANSYS or Flonex for that matter? Ooh, ooh me first. Okay, go for it. I like the uh, geometry-based associativity. Mm -hmm. When you swap out parts, uh, it no longer just kind of throws out your boundary conditions, but it looks to see, okay, there's a plane in the same spot. There's a cylinder gotcha. in the same spot. Let me just map those uh, constraints and things over name selections and stuff and whatnot. So that's uh, huge. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely will help along the way. Yeah. Cause back before, right. It was on some internal numbering scheme. And if that numbering scheme changed, you kind of had to redo everything. Right. Right. Right, yeah. and, and I, I found out along the way, depending <laughs> on the CAD package that you used, when it uh, when it converted and created those internal numbering, then that got saved with the CAD file. So if you didn't save the CAD file, then anytime you reopened Oof. it, it it wrote new ones all over again. <laughs> so this is great. This is something that I remember asking for when I way this is so long ago that I was actually on the advisory committee for ANSYS and we were looking for this kind of topology and geometry intelligence to say, like you said, oh, there's a cylinder nearby or surface that's kind of nearby. Let's go ahead and try that. So that's great to see that they got yeah. that in there. Not, not an easy thing to do. So it's good to see that they got it in there. Yep. Cool. What, what next? Who else is excited about something? Well, I'll go ahead and share something. So on the discovery end of things, because we've had one of our customers have been asking about like modeling and rotating flow mm -hmm. for fans and stuff like that. That's in discovery now, as well Ooh. as uh, the uh, nonlinear contacts are making their way into explore mode. And so they're very heavy into using explore mode over over there. So it's, it's good for them to have all that functionality with it because they're modeling things with springs and catches and latches and stuff. Mm. So wow. all mechanisms. Very, very cool. So I think I think a lot of people, myself included, uh, may think that well, you can't do that in Discovery, but it sounds like we can now. Yeah, they keep on adding more things. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, so I could do like a fan. I could do a CFD on like a fan for my cooling. Well, what they do is they'll allow you to do the the rotating fluid flow, but not the rotating fan as it were so right. like you you can okay. do that but it's like they 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 were like hey you know we don't just want the the flow going out just just one unidirectional okay. kind of a thing so you can actually so if, if i know what that looks like what the rotation looks like coming mm -hmm. off my fan i can put that in very cool. absolutely wow big improvement yeah good what else out there just to keep with the uh structural theme i'll go next uh -huh. so First, I mean, this is my first year using ANSYS, so Great. everything has been exciting for me, right? Uh, <laughs> awesome. 
I've had to name one thing, though, again, coming from the Python side. It's actually something I found out yesterday. It was in 23R1, they added a beta option to turn on a C Python interpreter instead of the Iron Python interpreter. Ooh. Um, like, so that that's a big name game changer for me, at least, because now, like, what, you can actually use NumPy and SciPy and, like, your mm -hmm. normal... <laughs> Python mm -hmm. modules and mechanical scripting. So, and that's not to mention all the stuff they're doing with PyAnsys and PyDPF and all those other um, right. side projects as well. Or I guess not side projects like the new standard for those things. But I don't know. I'm excited that they finally put that in. There's so many modules that I haven't been able to use because of that in the past. That, that was yeah, that was a restriction. Yeah, because you you were so for those that don't know, Iron Python is kind of a a commercially supported subset of Python that Ansys, uh, when they started doing customization using Python, kind of bought into. Um, and um, the the goal was to, um, you know, get something that was reliable. Um, but as Python has evolved, they, it looks like they've opened it up to the more standard. And the problem with Iron Python was you couldn't use all these modules that you're used to using that weren't supported in Iron Python. So you're kind of restricted in what you could do. So this is this is great news. I so and and this is what products is that just mechanical and workbench or is it other products as well? I haven't again. I like found out about this like two days ago, so okay. I still haven't explored the how far it goes. But from what I can tell, it's just the mechanical scripting. Exactly. Right. Good. Very cool. Very, very cool. Love it. What else? So a couple of things on my end is the uh, new shared web licensing, yes. where for ANSYS licensing, you don't even need to set up a license server or fiddle with firewalls and Windows Defender and all that fun stuff. Um, it is still in beta, limited products, but basically you just log in and your software works. Um, so that's one piece of it. The other piece is the improvement with uh, ANSYS AWS cloud integration, where they, they have kind of a light version where which sets up rather quickly and doesn't require, you know, a few hours of IT expertise to set up. Very cool. Yeah. And we just had a podcast on that. So if you want to know more, um, we, we had some good discussions on that and other new stuff on the licensing world. So we can get into more depth on that. Cool. I'll go next. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to hit two like very obscure things. Mm -hmm. One of them is uh, um, the ability. Um, so one of the problems in mechanical when you have a really refined mesh and you zoom out, all that happens is that the part looks black because all the element edges collapse it always shades the element edge as a black line and so uh -huh. really refined mesh just looks like it's it's a black hole um and so you can actually change that now it actually shows up as the color of the body um, Ooh, okay. so it's like this very minor like little thing but it's but kind of big annoying. yeah <laughs> it, it's been it, it it's like oh i was only looking out of my right eye like the entire time like it's 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 kind of a nice thing to have um and then the other thing that I found out, I don't know if it's documented anywhere or anything like that, but um, I had done a blog post about um, spatially varying uh, material properties. And that mm -hmm. uses like some field variables and the INI state command in order to kind of map that all over. So this grew into an engagement with a company where we were playing around with time varying material properties so not okay. not temperature so this is okay. like think of like ablation modeling or, or something like that uh -huh. and so typically in order to access that kind of functionality you, you would need a udf and udf requires you to you know uh it's, it's like a force for, yeah it is you gotta send it yeah you gotta listen to the radio show get the code mail that in you get that back then you install <laughs> something else then you call your friend then they do it, it it's not that bad but it is a multi-step process in order to you know write write and compile everything but in 2023 r2 you can redo the ini state variable between load steps hmm and so between load steps, you can do a step variation on your INI state for a field variable um, without having to go to a UDF. And so it's kind of it, it kind of works. Um, and it's kind of a cool little thing that like, you know, this was one of those cases where I'm like, oh, yeah, this this works. Here you go, customer. And they, you know, are using not 2023 R2. And so obviously didn't work. And so 
that's how I went down the UDF. And that was that full disclosure. Cool. I've been, I've been at PDT for 17 years and this is my first time working with UDFs. <laughs> and so I've, I made it that long, but yeah. So step very, so being able to change an I and I state, uh, state not yes. in the first load step is actually a pretty cool feature. That is kind of an important thing. Yeah. Is, is that covered in the documentation? I didn't, I didn't look very hard, but it was okay. me. Okay. Well, if you, if, if this piques your interest, reach out listeners, uh, reach yeah. out and, uh, we can help try to figure out what's going on there. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. And the CFD guys are kind of like, well, we've been able to do stuff like that for a while, but yeah. <laughs> um, what else? I'll like jump in if, if no one else has anything. Go ahead, Alex. Right, Alex. Sorry, Josh, but I jumped in. But yeah, <laughs> just on the electronics side, I would say the big thing for me that I thought was really great for HFSS was it now is able to handle semi-rigid PCBs. So mm -hmm. a printed circuit board's you know, historically like a rigid structure. It's like a rectangular shape. It's all these layers sandwiched together. And it's, you know, you can't really bend it or flex it. But there's been advances over the last several years in technology for manufacturing to make these printed circuit boards on flexible material that can be bent and conform to different shapes. And, that, you know, that's convenient for a number of reasons. One being you can like cram it to smaller uh, enclosures. Yeah. But there wasn't a good way to simulate it because most of the ANSYS tools were still assuming that you had these old rigid kind of layers of your printed circuit board. Mm -hmm. But in 2023 R1, there was a beta for a semi-rigid uh, simulation, which actually lets you take a, uh, a PCB and bend it to any arbitrary angle, as many bends as you'd like. And you can actually simulate that as a full 3D solver. And that's actually exited beta as of 2023 R2. So Excellent. that's a fully integrated feature now in HFSS. That's, that is kind of a big deal. Um, for those who don't work in that space, you know, the inside of your phone is full of these flexible circuits, you know, in order to get it packed into that tiny little space. And uh, I know that's always been an issue um, is being able to model that three-dimensional uh, geometry when it's in the distorted shape. So that is very good news. Cool. That was the, that was the first thing I thought of when you said foldable things yeah. was the, the foldable cell phones now. Oh yeah, the two. I, didn't think, I, I wasn't yeah. even thinking about that, but you can actually fold the screen now. Yeah. I, it makes me cringe every time I see somebody do it, like it's going to break. I, I definitely wired the screens are fragile. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Josh, you had something. Yeah, so actually Alex's topic is a great segue to this, um, but Sherlock has seen some more additions this past great. year around multi-PCB assemblies especially. They've really fine-tuned the workbench integration. Uh, so you can actually set up you know, multiple PCBs that are connected to each other inside of a chassis and analyze them all together in the larger system and then pass those results into Sherlock to get results for an individual board. Uh, so that used to be a pretty messy process, but they've really fine-tuned it. and. Uh, of course, the other part of that, as Alex mentioned, is flexible PCBs are becoming more and more important for analysis. Uh, so they've expanded on the mechanical side the kinds of analyses that we can send the trace reinforcement models through. So you can get a lot better resolution on those as they're bending around, especially. Okay. Okay. Really, so just more accuracy, easier work. Good, 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 good. Yep. Yeah. That trace mapping like makes me mad because I used to fight that. So like the only way around that in, in the past was you had to like chop up your board into yeah. discrete sections in order to get the traces, you know, somehow available on an element by element basis. And the reinforcement makes it like angrily easy. <laughs> um, to me. Yeah. I know these kids today don't have to walk to you know back and forth in the snow uphill both ways anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Any uh, see uh, if you guys on the call? I, I joined kind of late. Oh, sorry, Joe. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Glad you're hey, here. Yeah, we, we, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm Welcome. Late. I'm so glad you could bring. It. We've we've had a dearth of CFD excitement. So what <laughs> what what are you excited about in the world of CFD? Yeah, so this year, obviously, uh, the, the GPU is a big thing for, for all the uh, different fields of, of <laughs> simulation. Uh, it includes uh, dynamic assist is definitely an exception. Uh, but I guess this year was the, the, the native GPU solver in mm -hmm. Fluent, which I think it's, it's actually a good point to mention that uh, it's a very general uh, Navier-Stokes 
GPU okay. solver. So other other tools may, might be like developing GPU capabilities, but they're very specific like on each areas and applications. And this is a very general GPU solver. So I think the this year it got to the point that uh, we had more uh, customers interested in using it. Uh, obviously, the first couple of years always like fundamental physics, uh, mm -hmm. not necessarily more complicated things, but they kept adding to it and they will keep adding to it. But this year was kind of uh, to the point that that uh, some of the users, even advanced users, could could uh, take advantage of GPU. And the thing that I really like about the ANSYS looks at about uh, GPU solver, GPU uh, solver is part of a more general uh, picture, bigger picture, uh, more general view of, of fast simulation. It's not just like rushing. Everyone's talking about GPUs are not rushing to GPU because of that. It's it's again part of a a more uh, bigger picture of, of faster simulations and mm -hmm. uh, aligned with that. Uh, one of the features I really liked in Fluent this year uh, was uh, a fast setup. So before, uh, if you had like a big heavy case and you wanted to change some of the settings and solver settings, like mm -hmm. uh, some of the inlet boundary conditions, like changing the velocity inlet, you had to load the whole mesh and then open the case and change the, the, the setup. And now there's this feature that if it's only if there's the, the mesh topology is not going to change and you're only changing something in the setup, you can only load the, the setup uh, case, which takes only a few minutes, even if you have like a few million cells of mesh and then continuing running the case. So uh, the fast simulation is definitely focused for, for uh, CFD influence uh, this year and the coming years. And, this is, uh, I think everyone likes it. That is great to hear. All right. Good, good, yeah, good. I was, I was yeah, go ahead, surprised to, to, to find out, you know, they quoted some numbers in our big uh, customer meeting not mm -hmm. too long ago that that one GPU is about 300 to 500 CPUs. Wow. That I was not aware of. Big, big. So at least on the CFD side, those numbers were getting quoted. So now, if we can right. just get the AI people to stop taking all the GPUs, we can uh, yeah. <laughs> get them right. Good, good, good. Exactly. So I'll I'll, I'll toss something in there. Kind of uh, Cynthia's uh, out of the office today. That De La Rosa, who's been on the podcast a couple times, and she's of course our optics engineer. Uh, one of the things she talked to me about earlier a couple weeks ago that she was excited about is more of a general. And Ted, I don't know if you or others can talk to this a little bit more. Is is how the integration between the ZMAX products and the Ansys products, and as well as Numerical and things like that, are coming along to where it's just all fitting together better, so you can move between the different tools much more easily. I don't know if anybody's got any experience to talk about that, or we'll just leave it as well, a statement. Just kind of general, it, it just seems that ANSYS is, is doing a much better job of integrating mm -hmm. tools Yep. Uh, much faster. Mm -hmm. uh, it used to be, okay, we bought this company and eventually it gets yeah. integrated, uh, but it would be, you know, four or five versions out. Right. Um, now it seems... You know, the next version, it's at least partially integrated and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the code is, it gets at least they, they, they have the background in place to, to put these things back in very quickly. So I feel that's a great segue into my list, Joe. Great. Um, so Perfect. besides ZMAX now running in the ANSYS license manager with most of the other ANSYS tools. Also this year, we saw Thermal Desktop become available within the ANSYS license manager. So, um, you know, two fairly recent acquisitions that are already rolled into the ANSYS licensing system. And, you know, we expect to see tighter integration on the, the tool side with the other ANSYS products as we go forward as well. Um, themes that others have been talking about faster more accurate solutions a lot of that involving gpu but also you know enhancements to the code to take advantage of faster and more accurate capabilities one example i can think of right now is in turbo machinery multi-stage cyclic symmetry so years ago 2d was really all you could do you know this is really before my time and then 3d wedge 
gave you a lot more accuracy, but we could only solve a single stage at a time. So in the last few years, ANSYS has been rolling out multi-stage cyclic symmetry. Um, so that allows for a lot of accuracy um, because it's not 2D, but the ability to solve more than one rotor at a time with different symmetry counts due to different blade counts in each rotor. So big, big advancement um, yeah. in accuracy and speed. Um, other things on my list. So Eric mentioned optics a little bit. And since Cynthia isn't here, I thought I'd mention just a Great. little bit more. So Lumiracle seeing some really nice speed ups um, and then some enhanced workflows for uh, ZMAX involving symmetry to speed up simulations, make them more efficient. Um, another thing I had on my list was uh, the discovery tool for geometry modeling. I mean, for many years now, space claim has been the the geometry tool of choice for most ANSYS users. That's where most of the development has been. But you know, now we're seeing a transition into discovery. So I think a lot of people think of discovery as, oh, that's that fast simulation tool that solves on the GPU. Well, that's true, but it does a lot more than that. So it it true, it does solve on a GPU, but it also has more traditional solvers for greater accuracy and certainly the ability to move into the ANSYS flagship tools like Mechanical Influent. But it also has geometry creation, geometry editing ability, very much like what we've had in Space Claim for quite a few years. And um, if you're familiar with geometry manipulation in space claim you'll be familiar with it in discovery too because the menu system is very similar user interface is very similar but modernized and there's a, a different geometry kernel which helps out oh. in a lot of areas as well yeah that's the big one helps with the uh, translations back into mechanical and things like that so they go to parasolid or vice versa yeah, yeah parasolid. Okay. good and on the pdt side i just thought you know i point out, you know, this is a year that we've really hit our stride on optics mm -hmm. um, with having an optics engineer from the get-go. I mean, she joined us last year, but our ability to sell and support the optics products really came into stride this year um, with certification, not only in ZMAX and SCADE, but also Lumiracle. And we also have uh, SCADE ability now too. And I know Noah is not on the call, but um, Noah got the SCADE certification earlier this year, one yep. of our newer hires. So super happy that we have uh, that family of ANSYS products uh, available to us. And Noah just released his first blog article on <laughs> SCADE. And I, if you don't know what that is, check out the PADT blog and you'll find out more. He's actually promoting world domination with Skate. So um, it's, it's actually a very informative, but also humorous article. So definitely check that out on our blog. Yeah, He's already started building his robot army. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Um, cool. That's really a great, great summary. Um, anybody have anything else? Uh, you know, one thing before I ask again is, you know, last year we had a lot of acquisitions um, in, in 2022. Uh, it was Rocky DEM, uh, Motor Design Limited, uh, which is uh, MotorCAD, right? And then CNR, which is Thermal Desktop and some other tools. And then OnScale, which is an, uh, basically a web-based uh, simulation platform, um, or cloud-based simulation platform. This year is a little a little less exciting. Uh, they bought Diacopta, Cupto, which is, I think, an EDA, an electronic design tool. So I don't really know anything about it. Does anybody here know anything about Diacopto? I don't think so. So one area of ANSYS we don't get into too much. And then I think a really strategic one that's we're going to get more from is they purchased Dynamore, which is a huge Dyna. Uh, you know, we bought LS, uh, Ansys bought LS Dyna a few years ago, and Dynamore is, is is a giant partner of LSTC, and now Ansys is now part of the Ansys family. They have a whole slew of tools and add-ons and all sorts of great stuff that works with the Dyna platform. So I think we're going to see a lot come out of that acquisition uh, of the folks in Stuttgart uh, at Dynamore. Uh, I know it's been great for us. Yeah, and and three of those tools you just mentioned, Eric, I did not mention uh, on my list of. Mm -hmm. You know, new capabilities to PADT, yeah. and those are Dyna, 
uh, Motorcat and Rocky, and that's because we've had familiarity with those yes. you know, for Dyna for many, many years and for the others for the last couple of years. So, so I didn't want to slight yeah. anyone on our team, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it's a lot to talk about. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's fantastic. Right. The diversity of tools is amazing uh, across physics and applications and, and it's not, it's not slowing down. Right. Um, we haven't mentioned Granta. That's one of my favorite tools. I won't say it's a new acquisition. It's been a while. Anything new and exciting in the Granta world? Well, they just keep on, you know, building and curating uh, mm -hmm. their existing libraries. Right. Um, they're pushing more into the kind of electronic side in terms of support for uh, MDS, not just materials data for simulation. That's all those uh, kind of existing pre-made libraries for uh, ANSYS materials. Um, I think additionally, there is more work on the MI Pro side of things. That's uh, grants and materials intelligence. Um, the pro level is kind of like, you know, the introductory kind of level okay. to it. Like I'm going to be building my own databases. I'm going to be, you know, pushing those out. Uh, I think so far as the cool tools that are associated with that, there was one that was kind of like a almost George Jetson-ish kind of click to take your test data into a nonlinear material model and have it mm. ready to go for ANSYS. Um, so it does all sorts of curve fitting and fun things. So if you are have this data and you you don't don't have to like generate that in for it it'll do that for you all right oh, wow he's coming along huh mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll just ask one more time i want to conclude with your predictions for the future to see how wrong we can be um but uh before we do that anybody else have anything they want to share yeah i'll i'll hop in if that's that's all right yeah um, please so you know this kind of gets back to to what Ted was talking about and you know, integrations between different ANSYS softwares. And one of the the big improvements that that I've seen and and had firsthand experience with in the last year um, was uh, an improvement to the link between ANSYS Mechanical and Flonex. So mm -hmm. um, now you're able to retrieve name selections automatically for those for the coupled solves. So it really helps if you're doing, you know, a, a coupled solve between, you know, Flonex. We're using Flonex for 1D, you know, thermal hydraulics, and then uh, like an ANSYS mechanical for either uh, structural or thermal analysis, um, and, and you know, capitalizing on on the the speed of 1D, but not compromising on accuracy by by doing 3D where where needed in, in ANSYS mechanical. And that that workflow has been improved significantly in the last year. Uh, through through various improvements, including those auto automatic transfer of name selections. It's great to hear. I love that. Yeah, more and more integration there would be good. Uh, anybody else? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, if if I can, I can add uh, my two cents. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely excited on the on the Flonex front to see uh, the addition of batch runs, uh, which enable users to run. Uh, uh, essentially parallelize runs and uh, plot data on the same graph. So you can, uh, if you're running a water hammer analysis, you can vary valve closure time and see how that differ, uh, like a pressure profile uh, past the valve differs with uh, time. Uh, that, that was really exciting to see because that's a, a big time saver. And uh, on the integration side, uh, I think the addition of uh, Python functions to uh, Flonex integrated scripts is uh, a pretty pretty exciting addition uh, to the Flonex uh, family. Okay, cool. Very cool. Okay. What else? All right. So now put on your pronosticator hat. Um, what do you think is going to be the big thing we'll be talking about at this time next year? AI. Yeah, you stole my. I was going to say that too. <laughs> Good or bad, whether it's working or not, we're going to be talking about right. it. Right, exactly. And, and the other half of that is ML. Right. Machine right. learning, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, 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 I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper into that because before we actually started recording while we were waiting for some folks to leave another meeting and, and join us, um, we were talking about, I think it's really as as good advice to listeners as we move into 2024 and AI creeps its way into our world of simulation, it's really important to make a distinction between machine learning and generative AI. They're very different technologies and expert systems, which are still a thing, right? Um, and I think it's really important to know that difference because the how they're going to impact us as users is going to be very, very different. And uh, machine learning, I think, is going to be the one we're going to be talking. I think we're going to be talking about the most. And we'll have some cool applications for uh, generative, hopefully, coming out next year that'll help the user experience as well. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, Ahmed. Okay. So th this is not something I'm an expert in, but considering mm -hmm. where the world is going and how sophisticated uh consumer products have become i think medini and medini like risk here risk assessment and the safety aspects and the cybersecurity simulation aspects are going to kind of come in more in line mm -hmm. as the you know the hackers and the hacking the, the hacker kind of uh, environment develops and kind of catches on that these smart devices and cars and all these things are online now and we could hack them. I think that's going to be uh, a thing this coming year. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that product line, but we are seeing that become more and more important in, from a cybersecurity standpoint, like you say. Yeah. Hmm. Simulation is a place everywhere. Ooh, anybody else? Any any predictions on meshing? Are we going to see meshing get better next year? Of course. Every yeah, year. Definitely. Every <laughs> year. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, one other thing I can maybe just predict on, kind of like Ahmed said, I'm not specifically an expert in this area, um, but automotive space is becoming much bigger in simulation, mm -hmm. especially the... Uh, self-driving vehicles so i think there's going to be a bigger emphasis on sensors and how those sensors integrate mm. with systems and then all of the simulation that needs to be done for the physics of those sensors whether that's mechanical thermal reliability uh, that kind of thing yeah I, yeah i think you're very right about that and i don't think that's going to stop anytime soon i think it's and, and it goes so we're seeing a lot of growth in in our customer base in what we call new space right and sensors play a really important role there as well and it's multi-physics, right? It's optics, it's high-frequency electromagnetics, low-frequency electromagnetics, structural, thermal, fluids, it's everything, yeah. And and controls, it's systems, it's everything. I'm I'm really, you know, curious to see how uh integrations into SDK evolve over the next year. I think that okay. was was AGI a 2022 acquisition? Is that right? Or or 21, yeah. Or 21, but like as as it's you know become more integrated into into the ANSYS ecosystem um those those integrations are are becoming more and more robust and it's it's just really cool to see what folks are doing with that tool 2020 actually yeah 2020 we wow. haven't we haven't talked a whole lot about optimization but certainly there's optislang and also model center and you know there there are individual tools within certain physics for optimization um, but, you know, model-based systems engineering, digital thread, uh, we're seeing more and more of that. Companies more and more interested in that. The reality of it. Yeah. Um, what about hypersonics? Um, I know we've made a lot of strides in hypersonics. Is that something you think is going to be a big jump forward or is it just kind of continued evolutionary growth in hypersonics? Well, our hypersonics expert isn't on the call right call. now. But, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. So eventually, uh, GPU uh, would would mm. capture that part also. Yeah, whether it's going to happen to any four or not, uh, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. that would be the big big jump, obviously, for hypersonics. Right. Yeah. A lot of enhancement has gone into Fluent for hypersonics yes. recently. Yeah. Recently, yeah, I think I think I think the big leap was to my understanding was this year, especially, but it's been ongoing for several years and and uh, hopefully we'll continue because the demand keeps going up for that. Um, cool, anybody else want to make a bold prediction? Anybody want to predict who ANSYS is going to acquire next? 
I only got it right once when I said I said LS Dyna for like five years or three years in a row, and finally they did it. So I got it right one year. <laughs> there was one year I predicted self-driving cars on Mars and something else, mm-hmm. and you know that has happened. And we also have a self-flying yeah. helicopter on Mars this yes. year. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, my my prediction in general, I think I might be wrong, but uh, I think uh, there's obviously a, a big interest in EVs. Uh, yes. But I think eventually the hydrogen might also come back in the future. Back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I, it's got to at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think modular nuclear reactors. We're seeing that grow as well. I don't know if 2024 is going to be the big breakthrough year for them, but yeah, along those same lines. Yeah, I think I think we'll. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm going to predict some big play on the systems modeling side. Um, we've made some acquisitions in that area that have that are paying off. Um, you know, I, I think AGI can be considered that. I think that Skate is kind of along those lines. But I think I think something that's that's more of a very large system modeling tool that you could maybe use for. I'm thinking of those tools you use to like model large crowds or traffic or big complex factory floors, those kind of simulation tools. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict something in that area. Um, we'll see. Now, if you're going in that direction, I could maybe go in the opposite direction. Okay. So I uh, my my grad background is in molecular dynamics, so that's still uh, kind of near and dear to me. And yes. Something that Ansys has kind of been missing. Yes. So I I keep waiting. Just to see, you know, maybe someday they'll pick up a molecular dynamics tool. Yeah, and, and one could argue that the com- what's the combustion company they bought? Um, I was um, going to say that's just an add-on package for Rocky in the future. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> you, you turn, just keep getting smaller and smaller. Dynamics. Just, yeah, just change yeah, the exactly. change the units. No, no. Yeah. Um, the, the thing, the product that runs into Kinken, Kinken. Right. That's a that's a very specific molecular dynamics tool, right? Um no, maybe not exactly combustion the same chemistry. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Combustion yeah, chemistry. It's, it's more chemistry that's, than that's more chemistry. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to think of the company that came out of uh that was in San Diego that got acquired by somebody else that was kind of the leader that the pharmacy guys love. Um it's in that area. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I'd like to see that. Then we can we can go. Then we need something that has relativistic solving capability, and then we're going to do the whole spectrum, right? Cool. Anybody else have anything else? Well, it's a great. I always love these sessions. I love thinking about the past and the future and where we're where where we've been and where we're headed. Um, I hope everybody had a good 2023. And uh, here's looking to a little less chaos in 2024. Um, and uh, and and hopefully a fantastic year for everybody uh, out there listening as well as everybody here at PADT and all of our friends at Ansys and uh, Flonex. So thanks again, everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Here's, we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. And hopefully you learned about some useful new features uh, you were not aware of before. And you can see, as you can see, uh, we're lucky to have such a diverse group of experts on our team. And speaking of which, for this week's commercial, I want to ask if you think you might be a good fit for the team, or if you know someone who is. We've got two open positions on the technical support, uh, application engineer and technical support team for ANSYS sales. Um, the first is the application and support engineer, structural. And I'll just read you the job description. The application and support, in, uh, excuse me, sorry, over again. The application and simulation support engineer provides technical expertise to support PT's customers while also assisting those customers um, and the ANSYS sales team through strategic pre-sales and technical scoping activities, utilizing engineering knowledge, simulation experience, problem-solving, enthusiasm, written and verbal communication, and eagerness to learn. So for this particular position, experience in simulation using ls is required. So it can be either LSTC ls or ANSYS ls with automotive crash simulation a plus. So we're looking for somebody that's really an LS Dyna expert that can help us with our customers that are doing automotive crash as well as other many other applications for LS Dyna. The second position that's open is model-based system engineer. And so I'll read that to you. Uh, MBSE model center engineer provides technical expertise in model-based systems engineering and specifically ANSYS model center software. The successful candidate will be able to assist with customer support questions, demonstration preparation, and 
other pre and post sales functions, as well as be able to assist PADT's other engineers with Learning Model Center and its application. Utilizing engineering knowledge, simulation expertise, problem solving enthusiasm, and written and verbal communication, and as well as that eagerness to learn and teach, which you, of course, just heard with our group here, right? So, um, if you're an experienced Elastina or Model Center user and you think you would be a great fit for our team, head on over to www.padtinc.com and click on the About button at the top and then click on Careers and uh, learn more. The jobs are posted there along with other ones and apply. Um, you know, you or someone you recommend this job to maybe on our 2024 roundup. You never know. So let's take a look at ANSYS news. ANSYS stock is sitting at 296.36 after the market closed on 12-12-2023. That is up 20.4% year to date and 22.4% um, over the past 12 months. So the S&P at that point was up 17.5. I will say since I wrote these statistics down, um, the market did hit an all-time high. So these are a little out of date. But anyway, it's been up 17.5% over the last 12 months. So ANSYS is outperforming um, the general market of the S&P 500. So that's fantastic news. Um, and hopefully on its way back to get above that all-time high, just over $400 per share. So we've got a ways to go, but I have faith that we're going to get there. Um, in ANSYS news, uh, there's a really good story uh, in their news area called ANSYS enables new scale power to develop advanced nuclear technology. So new scale is somebody that we work with on the Flonex side. Uh, they work with ANSYS Direct, I believe, on the uh, ANSYS side of things. And they're building one of these modular nuclear reactors. Um, and uh, they're growing and doing better. And the article, uh, there's, there's basically a press release on how ANSYS is enabling that technology. So if you're in the nuclear alternative energy space, uh, I highly recommend you go to ANSYS News and check that out. And then the other bit of news worth sharing is that once again, ANSYS won an award. Uh, Newsweek named ANSYS to America's most responsible companies uh, for their 2024 list. Um, and what is notable is not just that they got that award, but it was the 21st award of 2023 that they won. So, um, you know, definitely people are taking notice that ANSYS is a different company and doing some amazing things and that we as customers and resellers have known for a long time. So uh, speaking of awards and PADT news, I was surprised to learn that I actually made a list of the top 19 leaders in the Phoenix business community. Um, I'm just finishing up my two terms, uh, four years, as chairman of the Arizona Technology Council Board of Directors. And I continue to write in the Business Journal and mentor through the Arizona Commerce Authority and the Clean Tech Open. And uh, I guess they thought that was good stuff. So um, it's a true honor that uh, really highlights, highlights the work of all the people in each of those organizations that really let me play with them. It's a, it's a true joy to work with those different groups and, and do, do stuff in the community. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate that. In publication-wise, the ANSYS blog, I've picked three articles that I think are of note over the last month. The first one is called Imagining a Hydrogen-Powered Future Thanks to Simulation. And just as the title uh, says, it's a look at using ANSYS uh, simulation tools to enable all of the things that need to be done for a hydrogen-powered future, right? So this whole electrification with batteries is a, is a good step in the right direction, but, you know, in the long run, we really need to get to a hydrogen economy. And um, there's a lot that goes into that. Infrastructure extraction, transport, delivery, um, storage on the vehicle, and then the actual energy extraction from the hydrogen, um, how we're going to use it. So lots there. A really good article is kind of where we are in the simulation world for hydrogen. The other one I recommend is uh, getting to know design optimization. And it's a look at the reason why I pointed it out is we've talked about optimization tools in ANSYS for a while and OptiSlang in particular uh, in the ANSYS suite. But what I liked about this article and why I recommend it is we're starting to see artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms making their way into the ANSYS optimization tools. So this is about how AI and ML are used in OptiSlang. So check that out um, if you're curious as to where this uh, burgeoning technology is or Exploding technology is uh, being used in the ANSYS world, and I think we'll see it first in the optimization tools. And then the third one was kind of interesting to me. It's called uh, Breaking the Cycle of Brake Dust Emissions. And, you know, uh, only my son's older Saab has this problem in that there's brake dust everywhere. Um, and, um, 
you know, it's it's an issue. And with so many bazillion of cars out there and more and more coming out as it is, the particles that come off of brakes are becoming an issue. And so um, ANSYS has made a lot of efforts in modeling brake systems. Um, and, and we always talk about squeal and we talk about you know, all sorts of other things in brake design, brake system design. But this is a look at uh, using uh, fluid simulation to look at brake dust emissions. So if you're in the brake world or care about uh, emissions of any kind, do check that one out. Um, for the PDT blog, I've got two articles uh, that I want to highlight that I'm really excited about because I learned a ton. And it's they're called World Domination with ANSYS SCADE. And it's part one and part two of that. So one of our newer engineers, Noah Asher Brannard, um, is, is a SCADE expert. He's an embedded systems guy and robotics guy. And um, he wrote these really good articles, and they're funny as well, which I always like, about how to use ANSYS SCADE as a software development platform for your embedded systems programming. So in the first one, he kind of gives an overview of SCADE. And in the second one, he actually shows how you can use SCADE to program an Arduino. Um, and what's cool is you don't really write code. You create a flow of what you want the thing to do, and it actually certifies and writes the code for you. And then you can, of course, simulate it because it's ANSYS. So pretty cool stuff. Um, if you want to know more about ANSYS SCADE, check that out. So that's the only real uh, blog article we've got since the last time we talked worth uh, pointing out. Uh, Event-wise, we've got nothing through the end of the year. So um, everybody can relax a little bit. Uh, we do shut down mostly. Uh, you know, Our sales and support team does work between Christmas and New Year, but most of us take off that time. Um, we'll be kicking off 2024 with, uh, as usual, with the Arizona Photonics Days down in Tucson, Arizona. That's January 24th to 26th. Uh, our very own optics engineer who's been on the podcast, Cynthia De La Rosa, is going to be talking about ANSYS and optics. And this is not just a regional event. This is an event that people from around the world come to. Uh, Photonics West is the next week. That's the big international show. And so on their way to Photonics West, they like to come and do some technical uh, confabbing in Tucson uh, in the Optics Valley there, which is the leading area in North America for optics. Um, and then the other event that I got on the calendar um, coming up in, in the first three months is uh, IME West in Anaheim. So we'll have a booth there again, like we did uh, for the last couple of years. And um, we look forward to seeing uh, uh, people. If, you, if you're going to IME West, a specific design show, MDM, and there's a couple other names that kind of combine them together into one show called IME West. Uh, we'll be there. Uh, stop by the booth and say hi. We'd love to do that. And that's it uh, for our podcast today. I want to thank you for uh, joining us and putting up with my cheap microphone on my laptop. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to www.padtinc.com slash opt in. Uh, that's described to our newsletter so you can keep up to date on everything going on at PADT and do spread the word. Subscribe to this podcast as well and don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 125. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.